Host Rob Carbone. This is BD for Barrett. The cheek is big. Catch a three. I mean, I would rather sit, and I'm not kidding. I would Your rather sit from Boston through that commercial right there. That stupid Sam Adams Boston commercial for 48 minutes on and watch it on loop. Then watch Alfred Payton play basketball for 48 minutes. I would. Your cousin from Boston. I and, and I hate that commercial. The insufferable Boston accent. I, I just, but I would rather listen to that, watch that on loop for 48 straight minutes than watch that guy go out there and attempt to play NBA basketball. I can't do it anymore, man. It's got to be wearing thin on everybody else, too, right? <laughs> My Christmas was great. How was yours? Oh, man, it was a joke. It was a joke, man. It was a joke, the, 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 those two games. I just can't. <laughs> How's everybody going? Merry Christmas. I hope everybody, in all seriousness, I hope everybody had a good holiday. Um, you know, I hope everyone had a good time spending, um, you know, spending time with their loved ones, with their family. Um, but... <laughs> I can't, man. I, I would, I swear to you, I would rather listen to that for 48 minutes, blasted with headphones on, than watch Peyton play. Your cousin from Boston. I just can't. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. Your cousin from Boston. <laughs> I can't listen to, I can't watch Peyton play. I would honestly rather do anything than watch that guy go out there. It's a joke, dude. Oh, man. You know, I didn't want to start like this. I didn't want to start the season 0-2. Because, you know, as pessimistic as I am, I get into those, you know, I start thinking too much, you know. Maybe it's going to be another one of those tanking seasons. You know, maybe we should have drafted this guy. I start thinking about things that you shouldn't think about two games in, into a season. But here I am, you know, in that zone already. Um, Lord, <laughs> Lord, Lord, oh man, I, I mean, where do we even start, you know? Your cousin from Boston. You know, where, where do we even begin? <laughs> um, I mean, at the start of tonight's game, um, and when I say tonight, I mean Saturday night. The second game of the season, you knew it was going to be bad because it's like a bad omen. The Knicks start with their new alternate jerseys, and I have a feeling these new City Edition jerseys are going to be the new cursed orange jerseys from years ago. But here's Reggie Bullock out there. Reggie Bullock, has, who is number 25, 
And he's got that on the front of his jersey. He's got the small 25, correct. But on the back of his jersey, he's got Mitchell Robinson's number 23. So he's wearing two different numbers at once. And the referees don't notice. The officials don't notice until the end of the first quarter. A couple minutes before it ends. And they're right there. You go, all right, well, it's going to be one of these games, isn't it? And there it is. And then, and then we have this freaking commercial playing about five times every break. Your cousin from Boston. Five times per break. I swear to God. But again, I would listen to that like music if it meant Peyton would no longer be out there because he's a mess. And we're going to get into him a lot tonight. It's, it's, you know, I don't like talking down on people. You know, I don't He's a, I'm sure he's a nice guy. But as a player... People versus players, different things. He's not. It's, it's. I'll sit here and, uh, and sip. You know, I don't want to rub my mouth too much there uh, before I get too heated. We'll get into Alfred Payton. Uh, um, but yeah, that was interesting to say the least to have uh, Reggie Bullock wear two different numbers, and that was kind of a, a sign of things to come. Um, but yeah, I hope everybody's Christmas was good. What's going on, everyone? Um, I'm your host, Rob Carbone, back with another episode of the podcast of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. Uh, BD4, we're sponsored by Anchor. You can listen to us on Anchor, or you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, go to Spotify. You can watch us on YouTube, and we're available on so many feeds. Just go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com, for all of that information. You can also find us on social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we all have different, um, well, I, I've got different handles for each of them, so just go to my website again for that information. So, guys, thank you for tuning in. <laughs> I appreciate it. I don't know how we're still alive after these two nightmare games to start the season. But here we are. We're still kicking. You know, the diehards who watch all 82 games, or 72 in this case, um, you know, <laughs> props to you. And I guess I got to give props to myself too because I'm one of them. And I don't know how I am, but Jesus, I am. And here we are already. I'm starting to get exhausted 0-2 to start the season. Um, so... Game one begins, and the Knicks take on the Pacers on the road in Indiana. Um, and they look pretty good offensively, at least in the first half. You know, they, they put up an excellent first half where they keep up with Indiana's offense. Right, Indiana's a tough competitive team. You knew they are going to give the Knicks, um, you know, a bang for their buck, and, and they did. But the Knicks kept up. Uh, the main story in that first half was R.J. Barrett going 8 for 8 and 3 of 3 from downtown. On fire, hitting everything from everywhere. On the floor. Reggie Bullock even had a good first quarter where he went nuts for a little bit. Julius Randle was passing the ball. We're going to get into him tonight. He had eight of his nine assists in the first half. Uh, Emmanuel quickly for 12 minutes in the first half was sharp before, obviously, we know by now the hip flexor injury that took him out. Alec Burks, one off, finished with 22. The ball was moving, guys, in that first half. The spacing was good because everybody was shooting the ball at a high clip. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. The second half comes. 
and and the Nick offense not the same, um, and that masks their defensive issues in the first half because the offense was good, but with the offense dropping off, you see the defensive issues start to become a problem. Julius Randle, as great as he was playing, he starts to have foul trouble. Right, he was getting worked by Demontis Sabonis, um, and so was Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel for that matter. And so, you know, he, he picks up foul, gets into foul trouble. He sits for a bit, and the Knicks aren't the same without Randall on the floor. Sabonis finishes with 32 points. Oladipo, Oladipo went off too against the Knicks backcourt. Gets nine points in a row to start the third period. The fourth quarter happens, and Randall, here he is, still fouling. Gets his fourth foul with seven minutes to go in the fourth. So, again, he, he comes off the court, and the Knicks not the same without its presence. And there's a first time for everything. There is a first time for everything, folks. The Knicks not being great without Randall on the floor. But it wasn't just that. You know, I look at that as a turning point. I look at R.J. Barrett not getting featured as much as he should have for as hot as he was in the first half. That slowed the Knicks down. He wasn't getting his touches that he needed to. And how many times are we going to see that, man? How many times are we going to see that? He just gets shied away from. 8 for 8, 20 points in the first half, finishes with 26. Okay, if you have 20 points in the first half, he should have at least had 30, 35 by the end of this one. But he gets 26 to, to finish because he doesn't get his touches in the second half. He was 11 to 15 from the floor, so it wasn't like he wasn't shooting good. He just wasn't getting his shot attempts, wasn't getting the amount of looks he, he should have gotten. And, and here he is, Alfred Payton. You know, Knicks were forced to go with Payton with IQ hurt for the remainder of the game. And then some. Um, and Payton does what Payton does. You know, this time it was turnovers. You know, picking up his dribble too early. And if he wasn't doing that, he was over dribbling. Just a slow paced game. You know, garbage in the mid range. Uh, he was 100% from three. <laughs> there you go. If you want the one for one. Um,. You know, but but again, ignoring Barrett just to play, you know, buddy ball with Julius Randle. And Randle wasn't the same after coming back from the foul trouble. You know, it was, you know, what, what really caught my attention, though, in terms of the point guard that game, and it kind of happened again this game, was they went with Burks before they went DSJ and Frank. They didn't go DSJ at all in game one. They went with Burks before they went Frank in garbage time. I just spit. But that's pretty telling, right? To go point guard pretty much by committee before you even look for Frank. And we're going to get into that in a bit later. Um, So they go Burks, and he, you know, this was about a four, I would say about four and a half left in the fourth quarter. Frank finally comes in, you know. But, you know, it, it was telling to me, and we'll touch on that. Um... You know, Frank comes in, he's too passive, gives the ball up too quickly, hides in the corners after that, takes himself out of the play. We see that so much with him. And the Knicks were pretty much done there. So, again, big blowout loss at a score of 107 to 121 in the Pacers' favor. Um, looking around the board, RJ Barrett was great again, but he didn't get featured enough in the second half. Alec Burks, fantastic with 22 points. Um, Randall with the nine assists, nine rebounds. Uh, almost had a triple-double. Obi Toppin made his NBA debut. 
And, you know, much like we saw in the final three preseason games, we kind of saw that again in the opener, where he was just hanging around the three-point line, you know, being, you know, playing the role of a spot-up three-point shooter when he should play to his strength more, right? You want to see him down low. You want to see him posting up. He had Holiday on him so many times, and he didn't post up. He had the mouse in the house, he, but he was spotting up for three. You want to see him in post-up more. You want to see him in the open floor, you know, playing in the restricted area. You want to see him cutting to the rim more. He didn't do that, and I thought he was going to be like that. After game one, I was very impressed with the way he was moving without the ball, but he was kind of just hovering around that arc and, and waiting for shots. He got seven three-point shot, uh, three shot attempts up, um, and he was three for seven there, which was okay, but he was 0 for five from the two-point distance, so he... he Got to play down low more. Got to play to his strengths. And I didn't like that he was kind of acting like a Steve Novak out there. Um, again, Burks, 22 points, Randall and assists. We just talked about that. And that was pretty much it, though. Game one was pretty much a tank. Everything that we want to talk about is going to be, you know, reiterated here in game two. Because game two tonight, again, Saturday night, December 26th, was just a repulsive mess. Knicks dropped this one with 89 points to the Pacers, 109. I'm sorry, to the um, Sixers, 109. And this, again, like on Wednesday night, it was the Emmanuel Quickly effect. Right? Um, and it's, it's, it was just a bad all-around game because of that. You know, but, you know, the Knicks, as bad as they were, they, they hung in there somehow in the first half. They did hang in there. Um, they were only down five entering the third period. And, you know, things kind of went awry. You know, as the good defense kind of worsened in that second half. Where the Pacers went, uh, sorry, the, the Sixers went on a little 26-14 to 14 run in the quarter. Um, that was the entire score for the quarter. It was Embiid and Simmons putting on a passing clinic and you had Seth Curry hitting tough three-point shots and Danny Green sharpshooting as well. And, you know, that kind of took the energy out of the Knicks. Um, yeah, I thought Tom Thibodeau waited way too long to yank Peyton in the second half. You know, eventually he would, but he waited till like, and even Bullock, he waited till like the four-minute mark to pull both of them. It was just a little too long. They weren't getting the job done. They weren't producing. You got to get them off the floor. Especially when you have Burks out here producing. And the rest of the game was more the same. It just reiterated that the Knicks need a point guard, man. They need a point guard, okay? And you look at the final box score tonight. And I'm going to read this gruesome, gruesome, repulsive, disgusting, egregious, whatever you want to call it, box score here. But here we go. The three point guards, all right? Tonight, Alfred, DSJ, and Frank. Combined in 38 total minutes. Combined. Get ready for this shit. They combined to drop two points on one for 12 shooting, going 0 for 6 from downtown with three assists. <laughs> you can't get much worse. You can't get much worse than that. You cannot. I mean, Elford just pretty much out there running off the ball. You know, we had Julius running the offense, so Alfred out here playing the two, and he's even more 
useless as a two guard. I mean, he gives the Knicks nothing every time he's on that floor. He gives them no production. He had zero points. He took three three-pointers tonight. None of them were even close to falling. He doesn't do anything good. I mean, is it politics at this point? But what is it? Like, I... He, you have to think he's he's gone soon. No production. No production. DSJ, still no production offensively from him. It's crazy to think he was once a 15-5 and five guy. Sad. Frank, still too passive. And I think the writing is on the wall here with Frank. You look at the entire picture here. This is a guy from two regimes ago. Right? Phil Jackson pick. They didn't extend him this offseason. So he's entering the offseason next year the upcoming one, as a restricted free agent. Um, you know, getting no minutes on three years in a row now, if it continues. And, you know, we, we'd rather, as we've shown these first two games, go point guard by committee before going to Frank. So he's pretty much in the third unit at the moment. And when he gets time, it's, you know, two, three, four, five minutes in garbage time right now. That pretty much tells the story. You know, they're probably going to look to trade him at the deadline. If he's still here the whole year, which I don't think is happening. But if he is, he's probably going to be let go. They're probably going to let him walk. And that's going to be that. And would I be opposed to any of this? I, I really don't care anymore with Frank. You know, I'm, I'm indifferent about him. I, I don't care. If he stays, cool. But he, he's got to produce to be able to stay on this team. And he's not done that. Um, You know, but... but you know, the thing is so frustrating. It's, you know, if the Knicks just simply cut the Alfred Frank DSJ rotation and went with, you know, Harper at the moment, and even at this point, Burks, as uncomfortable as he looks at the one, he's still an upgrade. I guarantee you they would look that much better. I, they wouldn't be 0 2 with two double figure blowouts. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. I can guarantee you that right now. They wouldn't keep losing like they are right now if they had a point guard out there who could at least shoot the ball at a, you know, respectable clip. They would be half decent. And Tom Thibodeau, you have to believe, sees this coming. Like I said, the writing on the wall might be here too for Peyton. You look at the game one, you know, on Wednesday. Quickly had more first half minutes than Peyton before he left the floor and got hurt. You look at tonight. Peyton pulled twice tonight. Early in the first half, early in the second half. So maybe, you know, maybe once, you know, quickly gets back. And Austin Rivers gets back too. Maybe you have some kind of rotation with them too. You hope, right? You know, maybe you go quickly, Rivers, and I would like Harper to be the third unit. That would be fun. But you cannot keep going with, with what we have right now. That cannot happen. That cannot happen. No. Not at all. Um, you know, halfway through the uh, third period today, we find out Obi Toppin is going to be out for at least 10 days. And then he'll have to get reevaluated. So that sucks. Quickly. Uh, Tibbs pretty much hinted that he's not going to play tomorrow. 
I'm going to say uh, he's probably going to miss the next game tomorrow on Sunday and maybe one more. I think he'll miss at least... I'm going to say he misses two more and then they bring him back. I've got to look at the schedule, but they'll probably bring him back after that. I don't know. Maybe they have a back-to-back after that. I don't know. We'll see. I, I got to look at the schedule, but I, I, he's 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 missing tomorrow on Sunday. Um, I just have to figure out the schedule. I, he'll probably miss another one after that, but... We need it. We need him back soon, man. You know, his presence, again, it was the effect of Emmanuel quickly tonight. Not having him, you know, nobody out there who can make everybody else better, right? His shooting, his ability to play off the dribble and penetrate and, and you know, make his teammates better by passing them the ball. Unlike Alfred Payton, who just pads his stats late in the shot clock and dishes it off to Julius Randle to finish on the inside. It can't happen anymore like that. So hopefully, you know, it, it seems like Tibbs is seeing the signs here. Um, RJ Barrett was pretty bad tonight. After such a great opening night, again, 11 for 15, 26 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. He goes for 2 of 15 tonight. 2 of 15. One of the worst shooting nights he's ever going to have. I hope. Um... And, and just did not look like a basketball player tonight. 10 points on 2 of 15. Um, Simmons, listen, Ben Simmons is one of the, if not the, best, toughest defenders, you know, on the wing in this game. Um, but, you know, if that's the case, RJ's going to have to do a better job of, of you know, doing a, he's going to have to do a better job against, against decent defenses, you know. If he's going to be a legit player, he's going to have to improve against good defenses. So, um, and tomorrow night's not going to be easier for him because <laughs> you've got Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks coming up. Um, Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, you know, if you want to take some positives for you know, positives with the Grand Salt from RJ's game tonight, from his two for fifteen performance, you know, he got to the line. He was aggressive. So he still had eight free throw attempts. And he hit six of them, so he's 75%. You know, he, he was staying confident, taking shots, getting to the rim, being aggressive out there. He still got his shots up, and, you know, he was active. He played, you know, pretty decent defense, too. So I guess that's the positive you want to take from him. You know, that, that he was still not afraid and wasn't shying away. Got that scorer's mentality. He remained focused. So. um, Now, you know... Coming into the game, I expected Mitchell Robinson to have a really difficult time against Joel Embiid. And, you know, to, to Embiid's credit, he put up a 27-10 ho-hum. But I did think Mitch did a better job than I thought. You know, I thought 25 minutes, three fouls, marginally better than I thought. I thought that he would at least have four or five, you know, if not foul out. Um, but he, he remained on the floor for, for a decent amount of times, and he was staying on his feet, you know. Um, he wasn't picking up stupid offensive fouls, you know, moving screens like he often does. He was pretty good against Embiid, um, and he put up 11-9 with two blocks on his own. So, you know, it wasn't a great night for Mitch. You know, he had tough moments. It's Joel Embiid. He's one of the better centers in the game. You know, he, he's so dominant when he's right. Um, so, I, I thought Mitch was fine. Um, Randall and Burks, again tonight, they keep up in their trade value. Randall, after a great first opening night, 
goes out there and goes for 25 points, 7 rebounds, and 3 assists tonight on a very efficient 11 for 15. He's playing confident. He's playing with his head up, which is a big difference. You know, that's why you're not getting the spinning turnovers that you usually get. The dumb moves, you're not getting that. He's playing confidently. He's playing with his head up. He's looking around the floor. Still get your Randall moments, but he's playing like a winning player right now, and that's what we've always wanted to get from him. Um, you know, but again, you still have your moments where you're like, oh, you know, he he was getting ran around defensively by Harris. Um, you know, and you know, but but you're gonna take it. You know, with what we've had to deal with so far from him as a Nick, you will take what we've gotten tonight and what we got yesterday or or on uh, Wednesday. So that's a positive. Get that trade value up, right? He keeps playing like this. GM see him playing and contributing in a winning fashion. Julius, maybe he, you know, maybe we find some partner here, some partners here and there. That would be huge. That would be a tremendous um, asset to dish and maybe get a first round pick in return. Alec Burks, too. If he keeps playing like this, he had 22 points on Wednesday, 50% from deep. Tonight, 22 points, 67%, 4 of 6 from deep. If he keeps playing well like this, man, that's another guy. You know, he and Randall, you trade them for a first rounder, for a second rounder, maybe an early first rounder. You know, a couple of picks. Keep stockpiling as you've been doing. Somebody made a case to me on Twitter earlier that the Knicks should keep Burks around. Um, the only way I would do that, and this is just me, it's just me. The only way I would do that is if they're contending, you know, or if they're fringe contending and Burks is putting up a Morris type of year, but the Knicks are right there on, on the cusp of, you know, entering the postseason. Sure. You definitely keep him around and see what you can do. He is 29, so he's not young, but he's not the oldest. And maybe, you know, you start. You know, keeping guys that are good now, and you, and you stop to shit them. So I understand that aspect of it. Me though, you know, I don't think the Knicks are going to be in it at the deadline. I still think they're going to be a team that's probably headed for the lottery. Um, but it all depends on what they do at point guard. That's really going to depict how well they play for the remainder of this season, right? If quickly gets healthy in time, if Rivers gets healthy whenever the hell he gets back, and the Knicks do the right thing, then maybe they are a contender. Or, or, or not a contender, but maybe they are at least half decent, right? So we'll have to see. That kind of depicts whether or not we can trade certain guys, and, you know, that that are performing well and such. Um, but one thing about Burks is, is I like how great he is, at, you know, at just coming off the bench and, and bringing offense, you know, because we don't get that with a lot of guys. And I think I, I think we've talked about Peyton needing to be replaced. I think it's time Reggie Bullock gets the hell out of here. He, That guy, I'm sorry, he's been absolutely useless as a Nick. I said it last year when he came, and he didn't do shit. He was like 33% from deep. Supposed to be a sharpshooter. Uh, I said it in the preseason. He was pretty underwhelming. And here we are. Two games into the year, he's looking like the same Bullock. Tonight, not making and not, not making any shots. Just missing so many shots. And when, when, when you're at the point where you're not even confident that he's going to make the shot he takes, that's probably time to yank him, right? He's a shooter. He's supposed to be a shooter. You're supposed to be confident when a shooter shoots. But we're at the point where we're not really confident anymore when Bullock is taking jumpers. 
he's out there to play okay defense, and that's about it. We need some offense. Okay, our defense has actually been acceptable, you know, at least tonight. You know, we need offense more than we need defense at this moment. So, I don't want him out there anymore, man. You know, I think when, when we get everybody healthy, you got to go quickly and Burks in the backcourt to compliment R.J. Barrett, right, to compliment Mitchell Robinson and let Randall do his thing if they can keep taining, taming, you know, him. And that's one thing, you know, everybody's hopping on Randall right now. Listen, I love it. I love the way he's playing. I'm all for it. I've said it. He's obviously a talented player. The question has always been, does he make the winning plays? And right now he is. But am I going to buy in? Am I going to say, oh, you were right all along, you know, to the 2% of the Knicks fans who love this guy? No, I mean, I've got to wait. You know, just like we have to wait to see if if somebody bad turns around and does good things, we have to wait to see if somebody who's doing something good, you know, ends up flopping. We have to be fair. And it's only two games into the season. I'm not going to buy into it yet because we have the same thing happen with Mike Miller when he took over last year. Randall was playing more efficient basketball as well. But he still ended up being the inconsistent, reckless, you know, low IQ, you know, empty production type of player in the end. So I, I'm going to wait more than two games to hop on the Randall bandwagon just yet. I like it. I hope it continues because he can get that trade value up and we can dish him out of here for something good. But right now, not getting my hopes up, you know, incredibly high. I thought tonight Kevin Knox looked pretty good. He was aggressive. That's the big thing always with him. Is he going to be able to stay active out there on both ends? And he did, you know. Had a nice slam dunk off a backdoor cut in the second half. Um, and finished up with seven points, four rebounds, and three assists. And get this, he played 29 minutes tonight. 29 minutes for Kevin Knox. Um, so that's pretty much it, man. The Bucks are up next, so look forward to an 0-3 start. And uh, I, despite that, you know, even if we do get blown out for a third game in a row, which we will, I don't want to hear this tank talk right now, man. I don't want to hear this. You know, it's an unhealthy mentality, especially for me, right? I can't do that already. You know, to, to already start talking about tanking as a blogger, as a podcaster, you know, to bring a, a different focal point in already, two games, three games into the year, that's just exhausting for me. I'm not going to start talking about that in my blog and my podcast. I, I just can't do that right now. It's just so exhausting, man. I can't get there right now. You know, and plus, you know, team again. I've said this. Teams don't want to go to teams who who keep, you know, landing in the lotto every year. Nobody wants to play for 20 win teams. Nobody does. It's not a good look. And as the more often you do it, the less attractive you become. Okay. Plus, how often are the odds in our favor? I mean, you guys want to tank every year. I hear people calling for a tank. Zion, now it's Cade. And the odds are never in our favor. We never get the guy we want. We never get the one pick. When was the last one pick we had? Ewing, man. Ewing. Might have been rigged. Might have been rigged. So I'm not getting my hopes up just to land 8-7 again. I'm just not, I'm not for that. Never was for tanking. All right. So. 
that's my take on tonight. <laughs> I was, you know, I was supposed to, if you're watching the podcast, I was actually supposed to play the two video clips of the game, game one and game two. But I forgot. <laughs> I completely forgot. Um, that's all right. That's fine. Um, but that's pretty much it, guys. I guess we'll head to the NYY, NYK question of the day. All right, um, so last time out, in episode 197, this is episode 198, but in episode 197, last time out, covering the Yankees, I asked you guys to name me the Yankee with the second most stolen bases in franchise history. The answer to that question actually surprised me. It's Ricky Henderson who is second to Derek Jeter. I really didn't think Derek Jeter, who's, you know, he was fast in his prime, but I didn't think he was that fast to to be the stolen base leader in Yankee history. They are the Bronx Bombers, though. So it makes sense. Ricky Henderson is the answer to uh, 197's NYK question of the day. Tonight's NYK question of the day, episode 198. I'm asking you to name the longest winning streak in Knicks history. How many games? Alright, so the longest winning streak in Knicks history was how many games? You don't have to name the year. That'd be a bonus if you do. Just name the amount of games it was. Alright? Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. I appreciate you watching the podcast if you are watching. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, be sure to do so right now. Go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. That will take you to my page. Go over to the outlets section of the website. That will take you to the information that displays where to find me on social media, where to find the podcast on the many different platforms, and where to subscribe to the blog, which is right on that website. nysportstalkrc.com. .wordpress.com. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I do appreciate it. And I think that's it for tonight. I think that's all we've got. So, um, I will see you in the next one. Sunday night, Knicks Bucks. That's going to be a disaster, but we're going to be there watching. We're going to cover it in the, in the blog. And, um, obviously the next podcast episode will be out after the Knicks fourth game of the season. So guys, that's that. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host, Rob Carbone with episode 198 of the podcast. 198. We are coming up on 200. Damn. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I appreciate it. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy new year. God bless. And uh, I'll see you in the next one. All right. Ciao.
This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.